0: Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers, and budget isn't a four letter word anymore. Here's your co host and certified professional financial coach, Jill Emanuel. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. This is your host, financial coach Jill Emanuel. I'm the lead coach with Fiscal Fitness Phoenix and also a coach, trainer, and mentor for the Financial Coach Academy, where we train other people to become financial coaches themselves. Today's topic that I am bringing you, this is a good one. Get your notepads out. We are going to be talking about five, the top five quick actions that you can take that will make the biggest impact in your finances very quickly, right? So we're always looking for ways that you can see the momentum start to pick up that you can take charge, make a change, see your finances improve. And so I've been thinking about what are some of the things that really can make a difference that can very quickly free up more cash flow that I see work time and time again with clients to make an improvement in their finances. And I want to share those five things with you today in this episode. All right. So I know the suspense is building, right? But we'll just get this thing kicked off with number one. And this is in no particular order, but just as my brain dumped them out of my head and onto a piece of paper here, as I took some notes preparing today, number one is to do a spending or subscription elimination diet. Okay, you all have heard of elimination diets when people have allergies and they're trying to figure out what it is that their body's reacting to. Maybe it's gluten, maybe it's sugar, maybe it's dairy. The only way to know is to just take out everything that could be causing problems and slowly introduce things back in. It's kind of the same idea as that, but we're doing it with spending. Now, one of the things that I think is, you know, the easiest thing to do this sort of spending elimination diet on is with any of your recurring subscriptions. You know, we've all got them. You've got your iTunes, you've got your Netflix, Hulu, Pandora, uh, all of these little $5 here, 20 or $40 there, um, subscription boxes that show up to your house, your beauty products, whatever those different things are, Stitch Fix. Oh my gosh, as I'm saying these, I keep thinking of all of the different things that I see clients have their monthly subscriptions to. There are a lot of them. There are cleaning supplies, clothes, makeup, jewelry, uh, razors, we get that from Dollar Shave Club, Um, you know, music, iTunes, streaming things, TV. My goodness gracious, the number and amount of subscriptions that we all are signed up for anymore is kind of getting out of control, let's be honest. So this is one way that I see people make a very, very quick change. They can immediately see the savings. They can free up all of those different transactions that are happening in their bank account. And it is a wonderful way for you just to reset, for you to reassess How much of it you really need or how much of it have you just been hanging on to because you've had it for a long time and it just seems normal. So the idea with this elimination diet is that I really want you to go through your bank account, look for all of those different subscriptions that are billing you every single month and really, unless it is absolutely critical, I want you to be super cutthroat and cancel them. Okay, maybe you keep one streaming service or something like that if there's no other free option, but there are free TV streaming options now. There are free music streaming options. Yes, you might have to deal with commercials for a little while, but the idea is that you really just wanna be cutthroat, take them out, eliminate them. You can keep a list of all of the things that you've eliminated, what the date was that you put it on pause or canceled it, And then I really want you to be committed to following through for 30 days and keeping these things out of your life, okay? The idea is that at the end of these 30 days, I want you to come back to the list of all of the different services that you had before the 30 days began and really begin to evaluate each of them now that you've survived an entire month without them, right? You just proved that you could survive without having these expenses in your life, but now you can really take that time to reflect and say, is it okay to keep it out of your life? Or did you really miss that thing? If you really found a struggle to go for the whole month without one of these subscriptions, you know that it's something you value. You know it's something you care about. You will have such a better attitude and a better feeling about paying that bill every single month because you have a renewed appreciation for whatever that particular expense is. But you will also likely find that there are many that you just didn't even notice weren't there or you simply didn't care or you found a different workaround that now you feel Totally fine with that and you're happy not to be spending the money on it. So this is something that I think is really great for you to do just as a challenge, if nothing else, to see if you can survive without all of those things, to see how much money you can save in that one month by canceling all of those little subscriptions or putting everything on hold for a month. So I would highly encourage you to do this one. It is something you could do right now today that will save you likely quite a bit of money in the coming 30 days if you put all of your subscriptions on hold or cancel them and then think about only bringing back in those things that you truly missed that you love that you felt was a huge sacrifice to give up and you will now actually appreciate having that thing in your life even all the more all right Idea number two for quick things that you can do that are going to make a big impact on your finances. I love this one. It is putting a concrete number in place as far as your spending goes when it comes to all of the day-to-day stuff. Okay, so I've talked about using cash in another one of the episodes. If you go back and look for that, it gets into the details of how to use cash effectively I love using cash only for this one area of life, which is day-to-day spending. When I say day-to-day spending, this includes things like groceries, going out to eat, grabbing a coffee, meeting friends for happy hour, picking up cleaning supplies, laundry detergent, paper towels, toilet paper, toothpaste, other toiletries, all of those little miscellaneous nickel and dime, things that you just have to get to eat or to survive and take care of the house on a day-to-day basis. This is an area where people very often feel like it is sucking up more of their income than they want it to be. It's one of those areas where people really often feel very regretful at the end of the month because they look back and are surprised or shocked at how much money they spent in this area and it was much more than what they intended or had hoped to do. The way that we can kind of circumvent this or that we can put some more control around it and let you feel empowered in this area of life rather than regretful and ashamed in this area of life is that we really want to choose a set dollar amount and a set time frame that that dollar amount must last for so that you have some parameters that you can follow to make your day-to-day decisions within. So it would look like this. Let's say that you get paid every two weeks. On payday, you would take out cash, and it would be a certain dollar amount that you've predetermined will last you for two weeks. You pull that cash out. You use it for all of your day-to-day spending, your groceries, your eating out, running all those little miscellaneous errands. Every time that you're looking in your wallet, you're seeing how much money is left and it's helping you to determine if you should be adding that extra, you know, (laughs) pack of ice cream cones into the grocery cart or if you should be going out to steak dinner or if you should be going to just grab some pizzas from Little Caesars, right? We can make much more well-informed decisions if we actually have a true dollar amount that we want to be sticking to rather than just winging it all month long. Now, we don't want to choose a number that's too small that sets you up for failure. So I do think be realistic, look at how much you've spent in the prior months, get an average, maybe challenge yourself to make it be a little bit better, especially if you do feel like you spent too much or more than what you actually wanted to in the past few months. But then give yourself a dollar amount that feels realistic. And then Like I said, take it out on payday, make it last for two weeks. When the next payday comes, you take out the same dollar amount again and it lasts for two weeks. One alternative to using cash is to do this in a separate checking account, which I always call a spending account, where every payday you transfer that money into your spending account and that is the debit card that you use for this area of life. Both of these methods work well, although I see more people feel much more committed to it, much more in control of it when they at least are beginning with using cash and retraining their spending habits. So I always recommend starting with cash if you can. And then if down the line, you feel really in control of it and cash is very cumbersome and it's tough to integrate into your lifestyle, maybe you switch over to the spending account method so the same principles hold true. You have a set dollar amount, it lasts for a set time frame. You have to check and see how much money is there before you go to the grocery store and you make sure you do not go over. All right, so that is idea number two. Number three, this one really kind of goes hand in hand with the last one that I talked about, but it is to create a meal plan, to shop with a list, to shop the sales, to meal prep your food. All of these things around meal preparation and planning can actually make a huge impact in your spending. What happens if we don't have any food at home? We wind up going out to eat. And what tends to cost more than eating at home? Probably going out to eat. So by having a meal plan in place, by thinking it through, by spending that bit of effort and time and energy on the front end, we actually are saving ourselves much money, so much time, so much energy and effort down the road because we actually have a solid plan put in place to begin with. So I think that it's wonderful to make a list, get your meal plan put together. Some, I have a lot of clients that will do this on Sundays or Saturday. They sit down on the weekend. They think about what they want their menu to look like for the week. They put together their grocery list. Sometimes they're using the sales that they see at grocery stores to help dictate what it is that they might be making their meals around. I know that for me, that's how I do it is I try to be very conscientious of what things are on sale. What are those bigger ticket items? And can I shop the sale um, items? So especially for things like meat Or some of our produce, I always am trying to shop the things that are seasonal, that are on sale, building my meals around that can definitely save a lot of money and keep us much more in alignment with our spending when we do that. When you shop with a list, this is wonderful. In fact, I have a lot of clients who will say they just do online shopping and deliver the pick grocery pickup now because they're not tempted to put other things in their cart while they're at the grocery store. They're not dragging kids through the store who are begging for all sorts of different treats and things to be added. So they simply hop online from home, go through, add everything they want to their cart from their computer, place the order, and the next morning they go and pick everything up. So it's not only a time saver, but it also can definitely save you money because you're not buying anything extra that you don't need. You're not feeling that temptation of other things. And you're probably much more conscientious that you're not buying something that you actually already have in your cabinet because you're right at home and can go check in that moment when you're wondering it. So it really does help. I see this make a big difference for many of my clients. When they start to get a meal plan in place, they feel much more in control and they see their spending overall go down. So it likely will save you money, very quickly to do this. All right, so number four. This one is a big one for anyone that has debt. It is getting organized with your debt. This can definitely make a very quick impact in your finances when you get clear on what you have going on, when you get a plan put in place and you know how to tackle it. So I know that back in the day, As a college student, I had credit card debt and I remember being so terrified of looking at it to see how much was there. I didn't want to add up the different cards that I had. I hated looking at the statements. It was like a bit of trauma every time that I did because I felt so remorseful. And I know that many of my clients feel that same way when they initially come to me is that there is a lot of fear and worry and stress about looking at it and really getting everything put together. And yet it is the first and most essential step to do in order to really start to tackle it and create momentum on getting it paid off. So the first thing I want you to do if you have debts is get them all organized, get them out of your head, face them, open the envelope or the email that came with your statement. I want you to find the balance on all of them and write that down, write down what the minimum payment is on each one of those debts, and also write down what the interest rate is on each one. These should all be on your statements, so if you cannot find it somewhere easily, you may have to go in and download a statement, look at the last one, it will show you what the interest rates are on that card. And worst case scenario, you can always call and ask the credit card company what your interest rate is. So you want to know this information, even though I know it can feel intimidating, it can feel very stressful and overwhelming, but this is such a critical, crucial, important step for you to have, and I really encourage you to do this. So write down all the debts, the balance, the minimum payments, the interest rate, get them all organized so you can clearly see before you exactly what it is that you have to tackle. The next thing that I want you to do in this area is stop the divide and conquer. This one is so hard. It is highly like anti-intuitive. Most people feel really, really good when they're paying a little bit or a lot over the minimum on all of their cards. So, We feel like we're doing the right thing because we can say to ourselves and justify, it's okay, I always pay more than the minimum. But the problem that happens is that when we're spreading that bit of extra money across multiple different debts, our efforts to make progress are diluted. We are not able to throw as big of a chunk of money at one debt to get it knocked out quickly, and therefore it slows down the progress. Debt is still accruing more quickly than it would have to on every single debt that we're tackling, and it really is slowing us down. So once you have your debts organized and you're looking at them, I want you to choose one and only one that you are actually tackling aggressively to get paid down. You can choose these by a number of different ways. Okay. And I do believe that we have an earlier podcast that also talks about debt payoff strategies, but I'll quickly recap what those are. We've got also a debt payoff strategy quiz on our website at fiscalfitnessphx.com. If you want to go check out the debt payoff quiz and see what method might make the most sense for you, go and hop on over there and you can check that out to get some solutions that might help you. But There is the debt snowball method, which means that you're paying off the smallest balance first. There is the debt avalanche where you're paying the highest interest rate first. There is the uh, Robert Kiyosaki method of paying off the highest minimum payment first. And then there is our very own emotional baggage method, which says tackle the debt that makes you the most stressed out, that makes you the most unhappy, that makes you relive trauma, get that thing out of your life if you have one that feels that way. Any of these debt payoff methods are right, you guys. I know people will argue all day long about which one is the best one, and there's all of these different gurus out there that will preach about one being far superior to the other. And you know what? When it all comes down to it, if you're paying off debt, you're doing it right. We just want you to be paying off debt one at a time so that you're actually making the quickest progress as you possibly can. So find the method that makes the most sense for you. If you're using the debt snowball and paying off the smallest balance first, do that and stick to it. Don't which willy nilly don't start paying off the smallest one and then one month in change your mind and switch to the one with the highest interest rate and go with the debt avalanche choose a method stick with that at least till you get the first debt paid off and then you can reevaluate the debts that are left and decide which order you want to tackle the next one in but i really want you only paying extra to one debt and minimums only to everything else, even though that can feel really yucky. But I promise that this will create so much more quick momentum, help you to get your debt paid off much more quickly along the way. So please stop the divide and conquer. Focus on only one. All right, and then the final kind of note to go with this idea of getting your debt organized is to try to pick up the phone and call the creditor and see if you can negotiate a lower interest rate. If you are paying a really high interest rate on one of your credit cards, it does not hurt anything for you to call and try to ask for a lower rate. Now, how does this look? I always coach my clients to, one, do this first thing in the morning. Try to be an early morning call before the person on the other end of the phone has been yelled at all day long by really upset customers. Get them while they're fresh and hopefully in a better mood. Second is that you need to be really kind and very nice and make them want to help you, right? They don't often want to help someone who is gruff and mean and rude to them, but if you are friendly and they feel like they create a connection with you, They're much more likely to see if they can do something to give you a better solution. Then the next thing is to say, listen, I've gotten an offer for a balance transfer to another card and to be able to receive a 0% interest rate. I've been with you for the last five years, five months. I whatever it is, use that number. Say I've been with you now for X amount of time, and I really would love to stay with you but how am I supposed to do that when I have an offer for 0%? What can you do to get my interest rate lower so I can stay with you, okay? And just try to be firm with that. Try to leave that with them. If they can't do anything, maybe you can ask if they can speak to someone else. If there's a supervisor, you may have to call back and ask this two or three times until you get the person who's in the right mood to help you. You might, at the end of the day, find that no one can give you a lower rate. They're not really going to help you. And you know what? You're only out a little bit of time, but it was at least worth the try. And you may, down the road, decide to transfer to a 0% offer if you truly get one, too. So (laughs) it's always an option, though I say that with some reservation because there is a proper way to use that and one that is maybe not so good, which is an entirely different conversation. But call and try to negotiate, try to get that interest rate down. It does not hurt anything to ask. In fact, I think it is a wonderful practice for you to get in of trying to call and negotiate your interest rates because the more you do it, the better you're likely to get at it. And it is so wonderful to feel empowered around our finances and that we are able to call and make requests and stand up for ourselves and um, try to negotiate better prices on any of our expenses. So that is number four. And number five, yes, this one is self-promoting, but you guys, book a Eureka session. Book a Eureka session with Fiscal Fitness. Let us help you. Seek the help of a professional. If it is not me, you can certainly book a session with another financial coach, although I would love to be the one that gets to help you. But there is no quicker way that I have found that can truly make a huge impact, give you a lot of insights, some practical steps and strategies to give you that exact step-by-step I truly believe that getting a professional, getting an outside perspective, asking for someone else to help guide you through it is probably the quickest, most efficient way to make progress in just about anything in life and finances is absolutely included. So, you know, it can be scary. It can feel quite uncomfortable to open up to someone else and ask for getting help. And yet I know that every time I've had a coach or a mentor in my life, I have gotten results far, far faster than when I have tried to go it alone, tried to figure it out, tried to do all the research, implemented one thing, one month later, tried a different thing. It It drags the process on and puts us through so much more work and uncertainty and doing something like a Eureka session, which is what we do with all of our clients, the very first session, which is oftentimes all that they need to create that plan for themselves to really get things streamlined, it is one of the quickest activities that you can do that will make a big, massive action in your finances. So I highly encourage any of you that have been on the fence that are thinking about 2020, this is the year. This is the year I'm gonna turn everything around. I need to get my finances in order. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I don't wanna be frustrated anymore pick up the phone or hop online and get your session scheduled with us so we can help you to actually take action on that. So to quickly recap, five quick activities that you can do that are going to make a big impact in your finances. One was the spending elimination diet. Two, putting that concrete number into place for all of your day-to-day spending and using either cash or a spending account to stick to it. Number three is meal planning shopping with a list, being intentional with your groceries, to put some controls around that. Number four is getting your debt organized. So that includes choosing which one to tackle, not divide and conquer, calling to negotiate lower interest rates, all that good stuff. And number five is booking a Eureka session. Schedule a time with me so that I can help you with your finances. And we, of course, over here at Fiscal Fitness, that is what we live for. We love to be able to dive into this with you and get a plan up and running to make your financial life so, so, so great. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I can't wait to hear what things you implement. If you're not already a member of our Fiscal Fitness Money Facebook group, please hop on over, come visit us, come hang out, share with us what you're implementing. I would love to see it. Both Kelsa and I are super active in that group. We answer your questions, we post insights, tips, and ideas, and we would love to have you join us over there. All right. Until next time, I hope that you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash fiscal fitness money. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money.